What's going on, everybody? This is Catfish and Ice with Chad Vincent and Rich Howe, your host. What up? What up? What's up, everybody? All right, we're here. We are. It's our first episode since the NHL Draft Lottery. Ooh, that's a touchy subject. (laughs) Touchy subject. Touchy subject, indeed. We got to get into that for sure because um, although we knew that the Predators weren't going to land Connor Bedard, because they won a little bit too much down the stretch. That's what everyone was talking about. When all the yep. young kids were out there winning games, everyone yep. was thinking, hey, Connor Bedard's out there, right? But you're not going to change me because I was thinking all down the stretch, I want to see this team win no matter what. So I didn't yep. care. But the Predators had no no say in getting the top pick. The highest they could get was number five. Five, yeah. That was... That was a 0.5% chance. So they get the number 15 pick. We are going to react to that here in episode 184. But first of all, before we get into that and a lot of other stuff here tonight on Catfish and Ice, Rich, how are you doing, man? Doing good. I'm watching um, Carolina Hurricanes put a beating on uh, the Devils 6 1. They scored five goals in like 10 minutes. So, you know, Devils are hurting right now. They are. And you know, I'm not going to do a shameless plug right now, but you know what? Actually, I am. Actually, I am. You should. Carolina Hurricanes, my preseason Stanley Cup pick. Everybody, just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about it. There's still a lot of hockey left, guys. A lot of hockey. So, not going to get too confident here. But the Carolina (laughs) Hurricanes, as much as I cannot stand their social media team, um, the team itself looks pretty damn good, and I don't they know who's going to beat them. They are good. I don't see anybody who who can beat them. Justin Gambino's in here. He said, "I shut that game off late second period." Yeah, um, I'm still watching it. I always I always watch them till the end usually, but man, that's rough. That's well. Rough. The New Jersey Devils are such a fun story in the whole league. I mean, yeah. they've they've. I like them. We all kind of like knew them. they were coming. But to go this far, and they are going to be around for a while. Mm-hmm. So I yep. think if you're a New Jersey Devils fan right now, even if you likely get eliminated by the uh, Hurricanes mm-hmm. in this second round series here, the Canes are probably going to be up three to one. They even are. so, even so, if you're a New Jersey Devils fan right now, let me tell you. You have a lot of reasons to be very optimistic right now. There's nothing to hang your hang your head on right now. Absolutely. That team's gonna be that team's gonna be around for a minute. They're gonna be yeah. around for a while. So yeah, uh, sure. no no reason to worry there. Yep. But Nikki, but Nikki is in here as well. I just want to real quick. She said her uh, the preseason was Dallas. Well, that's fair and that's understood because she's a. She's not a closet Dallas Stars no. fan. She is a very outspoken Dallas Stars fan. No. She's also a Preds fan. You are allowed yeah. to have more than one team. We respect Absolutely. that. Dallas Stars about to drop the puck, or have they already? No, it's getting ready. Uh, 13 minutes till puck drop. Okay, so the last time we did an episode of Catfish on Ice, everybody, um, was game one of Kraken and Stars, and that game was bonkers. Wow. Yeah, so let's see what happens with this one when we're recording live. Seattle, uh, man. Kraken, they're up, up. Two, 
They're up. They're yeah. up two one on the series right now. So we will see yep. what happens. A lot of people yeah. jumping in here. We got Nikki and Justin both in. Let's see some of our other friends jump in here. We're starting a little bit earlier than we normally do, but that's because that's because <laughs> me and Rich are in the Eastern Time Zone and we need our sleep. We need sure. our sleep. But we love doing this. Uh, we do normal jobs as well, so we fit this podcast in when we can. Unfortunately, we love it. We have regular love all jobs. Of y'all. We love all of y'all listening, and we've got plenty to talk about, so we're not going to miss an episode. So before we really get into everything, the meat and potatoes of this episode, Rich, I came across a really fun thing on social media today, a really cool question from, from Bleacher Report Open Ice. It's a really good account if you're a hockey fan to follow. They always put out really good thoughts and questions and videos. They put out a question. And it was, I'm going to share it on the screen if I can get it on there. It was name, it was name your goalie. Name yep. a goalie was, name name a random goalie. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Random you goalie. Think about, you think about it from a Preds perspective. Okay, well, we have been blessed with so many great goalies yeah. in our history. Absolutely, I, and it just it doesn't stop with Pecorine and UC Soros. If you're a longtime follower of this franchise, come on, they're, they're, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop with those two guys. So yeah. it kind of posed a really tough question. So I'm going to throw this guy on there. Oh, <laughs> Snarky Squeegee's on here. What's CJ, somebody? CJ, Magnus Helberg. All right, CJ, you better not cheat. If you're watching on YouTube, he's watching on YouTube. Let's see if he's still watching. I'm going to throw this guy on the screen. <laughs> first, of all, Rich, <laughs> first of all, Rich, I'm going to ask you first, who would you have guessed? You already know the answer, but I, I do know. I, I had no, I would have had to have cheated. Um, yeah. Looking at that jersey, I know that that's before my time. So there you I go. Hey, at least you're at least you're like <clears throat> doing what a. That's how trivia works. Sometimes you don't know the answer, but you got to right. like deductive do, reasoning yeah, is what right, they call absolutely. it. You got to break everything down. That's what the tri- <clears throat> the art of trivia is. All right, CJ, we're waiting for your answer, bud. Uh, give us in a little bit if you're not cheating right now. Yeah, you no get cheating. the jersey number. You get the era because you're seeing the Preds jersey and you mm-hmm. know when they wore, wore these jerseys. But um, it was a tough one. We threw it on our Twitter profile, thanks to BR Open Eyes, who originally tweeted the question of name a random goalie. Mm-hmm. We got some really good responses on Twitter, a few of them that were really awesome that I appreciated. Some good guesses. That's perfect. I'm gonna too, share. I can't see his face. Oh he's yeah, there's no he's... way to know. He looks like just... any generic goalie, <laughs> right? <laughs> any generic goalie. All right. So, um, oh, CJ one of the said spelling Mazanek. I don't know who that is either. That was Pete Peter Mazanek. I think was his Mazinek? name. Nope, yeah. it's not. It's not. No, nope. that's a good guess though. And we know that CJ is not cheating because no. that is wrong. All right, so we, we got some other good guesses. Cheating's wrong. From Michael B. on Twitter, he guessed Chris Mason. That was a good guess, but no. We had Red Racer 
on Twitter, guest Anders, Anders Limbach, who is a longtime Milwaukee Admirals goalie. There you go. Original draft pick. And guess who? We had two winners. We had two winners. Two winners. We had two, we had two people guess the right answer. It was not Devin, Devin Dubnik. There you go. Devin Dubnik. We had a Cunha MVP season. That's Ronald Acuna of the Atlanta Braves home run hitter. So we got a lot of Braves fans in Atlanta. So in Nashville too. So Acuna MVP season on Twitter. Uh, guest Dubnik. And then also Ragin Hawkney. Mm. Wow. Guest Dubnik. And they both guessed around the same time. Actually, Rajan Hawkney guessed two minutes before the oh, other wow. person. So we had two Dubnik winners. We're, we're going to declare go. them both winners. Awesome work there. Because I would not have gotten that right. I, I'll no. be totally honest. Mm-mm. No. My, I, nice I would have said Chris Mason, maybe. But I, I don't know. So hi, Lindsay. Lindsay's in here. What's up? The, the great. So uh, I'm going to share another. So to piggyback on that, we oh, are very blessed. Look. We are very blessed as Preds fans of having yeah. not that many goalies in the history of this, uh, of this franchise. So 1998, we know when the franchise started, 24 seasons or whatnot. 17 goalies dating back to Iroslav Askarov, who made his NHL debut this past season. I'm going to share this list on the screen. It's a little small. Apologies for that. But. Vokun, Saros. So you look at it. Pecorine, 683 games. Yep. Tomas Vokun was the first great goalie for the Preds, of course. UC Saros. Mike Dunham was actually the first before Thomas Vokun. Where's Johnny when you need him? Johnny, oh, I no, need man. you in this he, live chat right he would have. He probably knew who the goaltender was. Oh, he would have gotten it right for sure. Yeah, he would have gotten it right. Sure. Johnny would have absolutely gotten it right in the first 30 seconds. But you got mm-hmm. Mike Dunham. We've got Dan Ellis. Dan Ellis was good in his time. I remember Dan Ellis. Carter Hutton, Anders Lindback, which was, which was uh, CJ's guess. Merrick Mazinek, 31 games. Anders Lindback, we had a guess on that one. Look at Kevin Lankin, and he's already top 10 in games played in Preds franchise history. Yeah, doesn't take much in this, <laughs> this list. Dave, our buddy David Riddick, Lindsay, I know. Big save Dave. Big save Dave. We got a bunch of guys I've never heard of after that. Who's the, who's the one at the bottom? Well, we got the Raycon logo kind of blocking it, but yeah. you know what? It's okay. Oh, it's Yaroslav Askarov. I see it. I see it. One game. There you go. Hold on. Yeah. No, I see it. It's, it's So everyone can see it right there. there we go. We've got Yaroslav a bunch of guys we've never heard of. We got Eric. I don't even know how to pronounce that last name. Fikon. You, you better be careful. You could say that wrong. Yeah. And make it sound dirty. Connor Ingram in there, Devin Dubnik, Brian Finley. So these 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 years at the very on the left hand side are when they were born, by the way. Yeah. 
So you've got Eric. I don't remember that guy, but he was born in 1975. I'm, hey, 8.895 hey, save percentage in the National Hockey League in nine games is still pretty damn good. I'm not talking yep. any kind of crap about Eric, however you pronounce your last name. Eric, um, Eric F. Yes. Uh, Connor Ingram, three games played. You know, he got the short end of the stick here. Uh, the press kind of gave up on him a little bit. Devin Dubnik, two games. Two games for the Preds. That is a tough question. So I, I thought we did pretty good throwing out the random goalie question. Oh, yeah. By throwing out Devin Dubnik. Yep. All right. So there you have it. That's how we're starting tonight's episode. Justin said Lanky and Soros were born in the same hospital, 1995 babies. <laughs> what? That's, That's crazy. Right? That's they might have been buddies. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Justin Gambino. That's that's yeah. the news we want to hear right there. Yeah, it's the field of right. stories. So we're going to break down the NHL lottery results. Oh. It was a train wreck, but would you expect anything different from the NHL? I mean, come on. it's a, it's a it, At this point, it's a comedy of errors. I mean, anytime they do any type of national broadcast where they try to, like, be on ESPN and they want to have the whole spotlight on them, something always goes wrong. Yeah, I remember if, the year uh, when the Rangers uh, a few years ago. Remember the the ping pong ball messed up or something, and like yeah. everybody was freaking out. It's always it's always something. Well, there's, apparently there's this time, it, apparently this time it it was a teleprompter issue this time. Yeah, well, that's what they say. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. All right, mm. so we're gonna break that down. The Preds get the fifteenth overall pick, which is where a lot of people expected them to be. In the whole pre-draft order thing, the Preds did a little too much winning down the stretch. Yep. Yep. We understood. So they fell all the way back to 0.5% odds. And if you remember or didn't know in these complicated NHL draft lottery rules, um, they changed the format last mm-hmm. year to the point where you can only jump up 10 spots. From your pre-draft order position. So the Preds were already at 15th. They couldn't jump. The highest they could jump was 5th. 5th. Which would be a good spot to be in. But they had a 0.5% chance to even jump that high. So Um, really, this was a big nothing burger for the Preds fans as far as watching the Jaffa lottery. But we all wanted to see where Connor Bedard would end up. Yeah. You always want to watch it. Did you see the article by um, Frank Cervelli? Did you see? He oh was, yeah, he was yeah. he was there while they were drawing the ping pong balls out, and he said the Predators almost, almost got moved up to number five. They were really close, but it didn't. That's crazy. Yeah, they you had to get were, like you you had to get a certain amount of uh, ping pong balls to yep. land in a certain combination. Basically, yep. it, yeah, I can't right. remember something like that. But they drew out the when they drew out the first. Ping pong, I don't remember how it went, but like Vancouver got knocked out and like some other teams. And then like they said if one of the ping pong balls would have came out like number seven or something, Predators would have moved up to number five. So how about this? There were all kind of debacles going on here, uh, Rich. If you want to like see like our buddy Tom, Tom Franklin, who does covers the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. How about this? Oh, yeah, the upset. Uh, <laughs> Upside down Ducks logo. That's always fun, right? Gosh. 
it's like look at it and then turn it around this way. That, hey, everybody, that is right, not flip it. That is not Photoshop, people. No, no, that's how it came out. That's how it came out. Mm. So yeah, pretty bad. Uh, but hey, we've all made mistakes. Yeah, we make mistakes several times on this podcast every time we we do it mm-hmm. so we get it but at the same time it's like come on you're one of the top four sports leagues in america you have an espn deal you had time to do this transparency does that matter anymore like i mean it seems so it seemed like a hostage video to me it felt it, so forced it felt so yeah. awkward it felt like they almost no one even wanted to be there just there was nothing <laughs> And it kind of goes back to the NHL All-Star Weekend in in uh, Sunrise, Florida. That also felt very awkward and, and cringy. Yeah, cringy is a yeah. good word. So, I mean, if the NHL is going to keep growing in this younger demographic, which they are growing in that demographic, that's why they have the ESPN deal and they're on TNT now and all mm-hmm. that stuff. They got to start doing better on some of these telecasts. And I want to say one thing else, too. This is in no way criticizing Kevin Weeks. I love Kevin Weeks. He's oh, yeah. one of my favorite my national analysts of the NHL. Like, he is amazing. He's hilarious. I cannot – he's one of my yep. favorite follows on Twitter um, it, it, in terms of breaking hockey news and all that stuff. He was put in a really crappy situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. It, it turns out he revealed that the Columbus Blue Jackets moved back he did. They, they were the they were the first team to break the pre draft order, and then it went to a commercial break, and it was just awkward after that. But he had to know. <clears throat> so I know I know it was an accident, but like, you know, they would call who won the 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 pick, who got the pick, and then he would have a fact about each one of the teams. Yeah, where they drafted. Yeah. So he had he knew who was coming up next. He had to have like, mm-hmm. so he could That's have true. that fact ready or whatever. I think he just slipped up, man. People make mistakes. It's all good. They did. But then everybody's like, it's rigged. And and I read that article by, again, by Frank Cervelli. And he was there. I don't think he would lie because uh, it's his uh, journalistic integrity on the line. Um, he said it's not rigged. It happened, you know, the way it did. But that's a good point, Justin. Just pick the balls live. Well, they did that a few years ago and everybody got ticked off. Uh, about the Rangers, uh, <laughs> that thing. So then they, so then they take it away. They take that away. They try to do something different, and then everybody's like, "Oh, you're you're not letting us see what's happening behind the scenes." So now it's rigged. So they just can't win. I, I, I honestly though, I, I'm, I get what you're saying, Rich, but you should definitely, if you're going to do a live telecast and make it like this, mm-hmm. then you got to pick the balls live. If you're not going to pick the balls live, it then just time. don't do a telecast. It's yeah, that simple. Right. Do a good old fashioned press release. Well, yeah, you're right. And it's the NHL. What's the po- what was the, what yeah. was the point of a big grand telecast when it was, I mean, I watched it because yeah, for sure. I'm a hockey fan and I want to watch it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's how most hockey fans did it. They were like, okay, we're going to watch this. It was awful television. It was. It, you yeah. would have been better off just doing a mass press release and releasing it on the NHL Twitter account and mm-hmm. letting everybody retweet it, 
maybe put out a five minute, four minute video yep. that everyone can retweet on Twitter and just call it a day because that ESPN Plus telecast was awful. And that's where you're yeah. trying to grow the audience is on ESPN Plus right now. Yeah, and that's and that's something else about the NHL. Like they need to hire somebody to like take care of their the production value of their their shows because if you remember when they did the the Seattle Kraken shows all of their um the players when they did the expansion draft that was bad. That was not good. And then the the All-Star weekend, not great. The and then they and then they do the draft lottery this year, not great. And it's like you you need to up your production value or something because it's just it, it's not good. I mean, I'm gonna watch it. I'll I'll watch it regardless. But it just if you want to snag some more viewers who aren't necessarily hardcore hockey fans, you might want to make it a little exactly. more. And that's what that's angry. what the NHL is trying to do right now is they're trying to take that next step to mm-hmm. at least be somewhat relevant when it comes to uh, TV ratings as compared to the NBA, the NFL. They're never going to come close to the NBA or the NFL ever, Mm -hmm. but they need to grow a little bit at least. They're like a quarter of the ratings that the NBA playoffs are getting right now, a quarter, basically. So you want to at least put a dent in that and grow a little bit. And they're trying. They're on ESPN and whatnot, and I think it's helped. I'm not saying their relationship with the ES, with ESPN and TNT hasn't helped. I think it has, mm-hmm. but it hasn't helped enough from what you would want to see. If you're if you're asking Gary Bettman to be honest right now, and he never is, but if you're asking him to be honest, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think ratings are growing like he would probably want it to be right now with the, with the partnership. Yeah, I would say it's probably not. Um, yeah, it's. It's just some of the games or when they call them, they're not good. And then these things like this happen. And it's just, you need to, you need to fix that because the NBA, you know, one player makes in a year what the entire salary cap of an NHL team is. Mm. And, and the only way to the players to get more money is to get more people watching. <laughs> That's sure. the only way it's going to happen. We're going to talk more about the NHL draft lottery and the order that we now have for the first round. Now that the draft lottery is is set, we still don't know what's going to happen after the lottery teams because we have to wait for the playoffs to finish. But we do know how the top 16 picks will go, assuming there's not any trades, which, Rich, I'm going to throw an idea at you. I'll throw an idea at everybody. I don't think I'm the only one thinking this either. Mm-mm. But... I don't think the Preds should get too comfortable and too cozy at the 15th pick, but I'll, I'll explain that later. I also, we're going to keep this theme of drafting um, alive in episode 184 of Catfish and Ice. I want to look back at some of the biggest draft steals uh, in Preds history. Cause I hate to say this, but when you really look back in Preds draft history, yeah. they've got a lot of swing and misses in the first round, Rich. Yeah. They do. A they lot sure of swing do. and misses. They've Absolutely. done a lot of their. They've done a lot of their damage second round and back. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about franchise changing players, mm-hmm. franchise changing players second round and back. Now, obviously, we got some younger guys coming up right now that might change that narrative in the future. We can't say for sure yet, but yeah. I'm just going off of 2018 and back. Yep. 
Yeah. So we're going to yeah, look into that. Definitely some swings and misses. <laughs> Justin said Preds are the goat in the fourth round. <laughs> there you go. Oh, sure. Yeah. They sure are. Sure. Also, not. also the Milwaukee Admirals, a lot of those same players who were trying to push the Predators into the Stanley Cup playoffs are now playing heavy minutes for the Milwaukee Admirals. Mm-hmm. The Milwaukee Admirals, they are advancing to the next round of the Calder Cup playoffs of the AHL. They take out the Manitoba Moose. They had to win two games in a row in that, that series to win the series. Very exciting. Um, very exciting funny. last game-winning goal that Spencer Statsny scored. Yep. Yeah, that was a great goal. CJ, go Admirals. That's his team, man. He lives up there. Yep, he knows all about yeah, that team. I would argue that he's a bigger fan of the of the Admirals than he is the Preds. Oh, I yeah. think he's a Pred, I think he's a Preds fan by default. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. That'd be cool though to have an AHL team in your hometown. Very cool. And it, it was. We're going to share the video later in this episode. Uh, the highlight clip of that game winning goal. We'll share it live on the stream uh, when we talk about that. But. Until we get to that, we are presented by Raycon, wireless earbuds and speakers, promo code THPN, also brought to you by DraftKings, also with promo code THPN. We'll tell you more about those two amazing sponsors and the offers we have available for you with both of those amazing companies with our promo code THPN. All right, Rich, have the Kraken and the Stars dropped the puck yet? What's going on? They have. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. All right, the last time we did this, it was like already four to one after we got through our intros. (laughs) It was, yeah, it escalated quickly. Um, They just showed Jamie Benn. Why does that dude not wear a visor? I don't understand that. Well, you don't like Jamie Benn, so. (laughs) I I just don't understand why he doesn't. That's one guy you've never been a fan of, Alan Stars. Yeah. Look, I, I will be very surprised, and I'll come out eating humble pie tonight if the Stars don't tie this series. They need to because I was looking at uh, the last game, Seattle, seven to two. They put a hurting on those guys, so I, I think Dallas is probably going to come out swinging. So as they do, there you go. As there you go. Do. The the Kraken are looking to take a three one series lead on the Dallas Stars. We got the uh, the Canes. They've just jumped ahead three one series lead on the Devils. Last night's Stanley Cup playoff coverage, we had the Golden Knights beat the Oilers 5-1 to take a 2-1 series lead in that series. And then how about those poor Maple Leafs, Rich? Oh, my gosh, man, those guys. Talk about a roller coaster. Talk about a roller coaster of emotions if you're a Leafs fan. You went from being on cloud nine, like nothing could go wrong. The world is an amazing place. You just knocked out the – the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, your kryptonite. You finally won a first-round series. You're seeing those plaza parties that they're showing every time the mm-hmm. Leafs score a goal on the road. It's it's a cool scene. One of the it most is. diehard fan bases in hockey. And now you're down 3-0 to one of the teams that was the last team to get into the playoff field. Oh, gosh. I can't even – Florida just but I, I, w- um, I will say there is some solace if you're a Leafs fan here because you're losing 3-0 to the same team that knocked out the Boston Bruins. So there's Bruins. that. 
There yeah. is that. Yeah. Maybe this Man. Florida Panthers team is pretty damn good, and maybe they they're just be. now starting to uh, fire on all cylinders. Yeah. And Toronto's goaltender is not going to play in the next game. Samsonov, Samsonov got hurt, yes. um, upper body injury. So they're starting uh, – his name's Wall, W-O-L-L, I believe. So that's bad news for them. That's bad news. So, hey, the T-word's out again. Uh, I, I knew that was going to happen. Seattle's playing. Tolvanen was first on the ice for the drop of the puck. Mm. That's going to live in infamy. Nikki says, I never believe anything until I see it with Dallas. I'm hoping they can tie it up. So we're we're going to dive into a really fun topic here in turn in relation to the Stanley Cup playoffs and all the teams that are still technically alive in this playoff bracket right now in the second round of the playoffs. Here's my question for everybody, including our live listeners right now. I want you to chime in as well. There it is at the bottom of the screen. What's the Stanley Cup final matchup that you want to see for personal reasons? And what is the Stanley Cup final that the NHL should want to see for pure ratings purposes for all that stuff? Rich, I'm going to ask you first, and then I'll give you mine. We'll share some comments as we get them. We also, I got some comment, a lot of comments on Twitter that I'll share as well. Um, But I want to get your... First, Rich, give me what you want to see. Not by well, prediction, not what you predicted, just what you want to see. Well, I wanted to see the Boston Bruins. No, that doesn't count anymore, buddy. Oh, we're you know. So we're going with the teams I'm, now? I'm going with teams okay. right now that are still alive. Okay, who do I want to see? I would like to see Toronto do some kind of miracle. <laughs> and I would like That would see- be a miracle. That would be. I would like I would like to see uh Toronto and uh Seattle. Okay. Toronto like Seattle. To see Seattle. Ratings now, who would the NHL want? Uh Edmonton. Can I say something real quick before you move on? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the NHL is in a really good position here. There are so many good storylines with a lot of teams that mm-hmm. are still alive right now. Yep. And I'll, I'll give you my – I'll kind of preface my answer on that. But you say Edmonton, which is – yeah, that's that's an obvious choice. So, yeah, so the, the final that they would want to see Edmonton and Toronto. They would want to see Toronto, mm. um, I believe. I think, mm. you know, the NHL headquarters are up there. Original two Canadian 16. teams, two Canadian teams going at it. Of course, <sighs> yeah, makes total sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it would be it would be good for ratings, especially in two rosters with star-studded talent. Connor McDavid versus Austin Matthews, two of the highest-paid players in the NHL. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment on what the NHL would want to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's what I want to see, not based off what I predicted. So I predicted. Going into the playoffs in a, in a couple episodes ago on Catfish and Ice when we did a Stanley Cup playoffs preview, I I I kind of changed my preseason prediction a little bit and I went I took the Avalanche out before the playoffs. So give me a little credit there, Rich. Yeah, I jump I jumped ship on the Avalanche before the playoffs started. Mm-hmm. They were my yep. preseason pick to make the Cup. Yep, I remember. The West, and I jumped ship on them. And I took, I jumped, 
I jumped on the bandwagon of the Dallas Stars, which they are still alive. Right. Yep. And then we, I, I've, I've, I stuck with my preseason pick of the Carolina Hurricanes to win it all, which I'm feeling good about that one. So uh, yeah. I'm not going to change all that. But here's what I want to see, just purely off enjoyment, what I think would be fun. I would like, just off a of fun fun factor, I got to go Oilers. I, that'll be must watch for me. I want to see how Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl play and finally get to play in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. So I'm going to go Oilers for what I want to see. And in the East, I'm going to go Panthers. Wow. Not Carolina. I, lo- I love underdog stories. I love watching teams that no one gave a chance to do what they're doing. How cool, of a, how cool of a storyline would that be to talk about the Panthers, a team that people were burying down the stretch of the regular season when it looked like they probably weren't going to make the playoffs. Everyone was saying this Panthers team is such a disaster. They go out and they trade for Matthew to Chuck. They, go, they have all this offensive talent and whatnot, mm-hmm. and they're going to miss the playoffs. I read article after article yeah. saying – this team is the biggest disappointment in the NHL. And I remember when the Preds beat Florida mm-hmm. right before the trade deadline. I was at that game in person. I talked to some of the fans at that game, and they were they were very, very disappointed in their hometown team. They were like, wow, this season is a complete abomination. We are so um, upset with how this season has gone. We had high expectations. The team, this team, finally rallies. They sneak into the playoffs. They draw the Boston Bruins. Everyone thought they would probably be swept. Maybe, maybe they get lucky and win one game. That's out of what seven. I thought. <clears throat> I don't know. I love a really good underdog story. So give me the for, for what I want to see at this yeah. point. Give me Panthers in the East. And give me the Oilers in the West. I think that'd be a fun series. I'd love to see Matthew DeChuck go up against Connor McDavid and company. I'm a big Matthew DeChuck guy. I like watching the guy play. Um, that's where I'm at with it. So Panthers, not. Oilers. Not a fan. Here's what I think the NHL wants to see, though. I definitely think you have to say they want the Oilers. Oh, yeah. At, they want the, the game's best player to be in a cup final, finally, because they want to market the crap out of that. Oh, yeah. You can't blame them. You can't blame them. Yeah. If you're, and, running the, if you're Gary Bettman, you want that. Yeah, and TNT is doing the, the Stanley Cup final, and they've got Wayne Gretzky on there, you know, getting – the Oilers in there, that's like, it writes itself. Like it'd be perfect for them. They, they would, there would be so many things, you know, Wayne Gretzky talking about uh, the Oilers and stuff. It's just, it would be uh, just a match made in heaven for them. If I'm running the NHL right now and I am, I'm all focused on TV ratings and what can get the most eyeballs and make this the Mm -hmm. most watched Stanley Cup final in NHL history. Then I'm what at this point with the teams I got to choose from. Yeah, Rich, I think Maple Leafs is a good pick, but mm-hmm. let's be realistic here. Don't think Canes, a Canes Oilers Stanley Cup final. 
I know the Canes are not in a really big market, but anyone who watches hockey, even casually, mm-hmm. knows how fun and entertaining the Carolina Hurricanes are to watch. And the cameraman would have trouble keeping up because that would be a very fast game. Very fast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give me Oilers versus Canes. I'm all for it. I will not miss a minute of that series if I can make it happen. Yeah. That is what I'm that's what I'm on board for. I think that's what the NHL wants to see. Again, I'm all about the underdog story. So it'd be really cool for me personally if the Panthers made it. Think that that there's a lot of potentially great mm-hmm. matchups still available. How cool would it be to see Seattle take on Vegas? in the Western Conference Finals, you're talking about the two most recent expansion teams facing each other in a Conference Finals. That's pretty cool as well. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to see Vegas in the Finals, though. I do not. Do not. No. I don't want to see Florida in the Final. So, Well, there you have it. I mean, New Jersey Devils are another great story. If they can somehow pull off a miraculous effort and win the next three games and knock out – the Canes, that would be a great story as well. The NHL has a lot of intriguing matchups, but to get the most eyeballs and the most ratings, I think Canes and Oilers is what they should hope for. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Lindsay says, give me Kraken versus, versus Panthers, the two underdogs. I mm-hmm. like that. That is good. Calgary fans are kind of not so sweet on him. Yeah, We're talking about Matthew DeChuck, I'm guessing. <laughs> Yeah. Our buddy Max Greenberg's in here. What's up, Max? He says Edmonton versus mm-hmm. Carolina rematch is actually what I want to see. That would be good. Evander Kane versus to Chuck Pure Chaos. Oh yeah. That yeah. is true. Yeah. And That's Justin Gamino says Panthers run so far feels sort of like the Kings or Preds run. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with that. There you have it. Also, awesome. go Tolby. <laughs> CJ. Go Tolby. CJ. Come on. There you go. All right. So, the the Chicago Blackhawks gain the number one pick. Unless a meteor strikes the earth, they're going to take Connor Bedard in Nashville. Did you- and... <laughs> Are we are we gonna go ahead and block the city limits off from anyone with a uh, Chicago, Chicago, reg- <laughs> Chicago like, registration? Because I don't know if you already saw Rich, but they have already exploded ticket sales. That's what I was getting ready to bring up. Yeah, um, I just saw before the uh, Devils game five point two million since. The draft announcement, the lottery. Well, that's, that's, the type, that's the type of player Connor Medard is. I mean, this kid is literally franchise mm-hmm. changing. He is the real deal. Does it yep. scare me a little bit for his sake that maybe they're putting too much pressure on him? Maybe, but I mean, he has been having articles written about him since he was 12 years old. Yeah, he might be able to be used to it and can take it. So it just depends. He's 17 now. He's about to be 18. He, he's been the forefront of Canadian junior hockey for years now. He is the whole package. He carries himself like he is a three-year NHL pro. Have you seen mm-hmm. some of the interviews he does? 
Yeah. You would yeah. never, ever guess in a million years this kid is 17 years old. He carries himself with so much maturity. Good man. And that's why I think he is set up to handle this kind of pressure that he's up against. Connor McDavid type of pressure. Yeah. I haven't been keeping up with where else, like all the other draft picks that Chicago has. I know, um, you know, they're going to need some folks around him as well. For sure. Um, everyone, everyone's freaking out, including myself. Everyone's freaking out that suddenly the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be magically transformed into some Stanley Cup contender. The Chicago Blackhawks are a mess. They were bad. Now, That's Connor Bedard helps a ton, and he is going to win them some games next year. And but he is still- going to be this... He's going to be the centerpiece of that franchise for probably at least the next decade, yep. most likely. Yep. So if you're a Chicago Blackhawks fan right now, you should have every right to be partying in the street and be for jumping sure. up for joy. <clears throat> Don't blame you a bit, but that roster needs a lot of help, and it's not going to be fixed just by Connor Bedard. I saw some, some talk. About let's oh, bring Patrick Kane back. I, yep. He's I a, don't hey, think, he's a free agent. He he, he made it sound like he, he was did a not want to go back to New York. He made it. He said something about yeah, they're uh, the, they'll be fine in the long run. He didn't say we'll be fine or, or you know we'll get it together or whatever. But uh, that's crazy. That's crazy. If they got him back, maybe that was their whole plan all along. Who knows? I mean, how if you're Patrick Kane, I'm just saying from his perspective, put yourself in his shoes. You're you're a free agent. You played your entire career for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, you might have said that you'd never want to go back or whatever, but you get a chance to end your career, your right. Hall of Fame career. Playing mm-hmm. with Connor Bedard, who could quite frankly be as close to Wayne Gretzky when it's all said and done as you can get. We don't know yet, but he's definitely got that caliber to him. Yep. It'd be hard to say no to that if you're Patrick Kane. Yeah, I mean, why not? <clears throat> Maybe that was their plan all along. Who knows? We'll never know. But they will definitely need to get um a supporting cast because like you said um they were they were bad they they did they did have a couple of uh stretches there where they won some games and people were kind of like oh look at them making a making a little bit of a splash but in the in the end it just it went south so um yeah they're gonna have to do something we'll see what happens there the predators get the 15th pick i'm about to tell you why i think it's a really good idea for the Predators to trade up into the top 10. Before we do that, let's tell you about DraftKings with our promo code THPN. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. We're just right now, we're mentioning all the odds right now when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. We just talked about some matchups we really want to see and all this stuff. And right now we're watching, we got to think about the the series that's the closest right now. We got some 3-1 series leads right now, Rich, Mm -hmm. but right now 
We got to think about that Golden Knights Oilers series right now, Rich. Yeah, it's two one. It's two one. So game four, game four is coming up tomorrow. Can the Oilers tie that series? What are you thinking there? That's a really good DraftKings bet for people to make right now. Is that's the game you're looking for if you're really thinking about getting in on DraftKings with our promo code THPN? We're talking Oilers and. The Vegas Golden Knights game four. How are you feeling? Do you think the Oilers can tie that series, Rich? I think they are going to come out guns blazing after losing 5-1 the other day. So um, I feel pretty good that they'll they'll come back. They're so right close. Now, right now, according to DraftKings, the latest odds, the Oilers are slight underdogs. Oh, Plus wow. 130 odds for the Oilers. If you want to throw down a bet on the Oilers, Vegas Golden Knights are minus 150. So they're the slight favorites. Over under seven goals scored right there. So there's where you have it on the spread of plus one and a half for the Vegas Golden Knights. So they've got them as a slight favorite over the Oilers mm. in game four. If I was betting, not giving you betting advice here, but if I was going to bet this game with our promo code, I would be all over the Oilers. But that's yeah. just me. Yeah. I but so. we will see. But that's how you can have fun with our promo code THPN. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.com. Dot org in New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. I don't know if I know anyone in Kansas, but if I do know you, that's the number you call. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling sources. So we got that promo code running for you through the yep. Stanley Cup playoffs. Take advantage of it now yep. with our promo code THPN. All right, so I'm about to, about to tell you guys about my very, very strong belief here that I think the Predators – to seriously consider trading up into the top 10 of the draft. They get the 15th pick. It's not a bad place because I'm looking at this draft class. I've been really looking mm-hmm. into it over the past couple weeks. Now that the offseason's here, the Preds aren't playing any more games. You get more time to look into the draft class and whatnot. Look at these scouting reports that are out there and stuff. And 15, you can still get a really good player, obviously. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with picking number 15. But that top 10, that top 10 is juicy, Rich. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My thought is you got 13 draft picks. You Mm -hmm. you sold heavy at the trade deadline to acquire a lot of this draft capital that you have. Yep. Let's cash in. Let's cash in. Why not? Why not? Tell me why not. 
I can't tell you why not because they should. <laughs> you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to um, find somebody in that top 10 who needs some people who wants to, they don't have any prospects and then get, get, get them some prospects who, who need them. And uh, Justin Gambino jumps up. in and says, St. Louis is 10th spot. Rest in peace. The moving to 10 dream. Aha. Uh-huh. So it would have to be like nine or eight. So nine's Detroit. Eight is Washington Capitals. Wait, well, it's going to be all about finding a team. Mm-hmm that's looking to scoop up an extra draft pick somewhere and only moving back to number 15. Yep. So if you're trying to, if you're trying to trade up to the top 10, if you're the predators, my thoughts are, and it's not a guarantee. It might not work out, but my whole thought process is try to find a trade partner who is content with picking up an extra draft pick, whether it's a second round pick or whatever, in a, in a future draft, whatever, moving back to Nashville's 15th spot and allowing the Preds to move up to nine, eight, seven, wherever. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of my thought process here because the, the, the draft class is extremely, extremely talented, even after Connor Bedard, and I think we're kind of losing sight of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you take Connor Bedard out of this draft class, it's still an exceptionally great draft class. Yeah. Even if you take out Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if they're wanting to make a splash, they're definitely going to have to trade up. Everyone's saying up. that you would have to trade a player to get into the top 10. I don't know about that. I'm. I'm not. I. I mean, you might be right, but all oh. you got to do is find. All you got to do is find the right team. All you got to do is find the right team that isn't completely in love with a certain prospect, and they can move back. Yeah, yeah. To get that extra pick, Philadelphia. I, I think that that's, the whole, that's the whole reason you offer draft. That's the whole reason you acquire draft capital to begin with is to mm-hmm. try to maneuver – you're trying to give yourself leverage in a draft to yeah. move up. If they stick around at number 15, I'm thinking they should go defenseman, honestly, at that point, because a lot of your top-end forwards are going to be off the board. Yeah. Well, they, they do like picking the defensemen, so that should be pretty easy for them. But there's a new sheriff in town this year, so. Because the, the, the prospect pipeline for the Preds is starting to get a little thin – uh, defensively, mm-hmm. if you think about it, and you think about what 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 transpired this past season, Spencer Statsny is going to be trying to make it to the NHL very very soon. Um, he's kind of like your next guy in line here to make the jump. But other than that, the the pipeline's a little thin right now as far as NHL ready talent. So I think that's where you got to start restocking. The only way that I think you move to the top ten is if there's a an offensive instantly changing type of player that you can get. So when I say I want the Predators to trade into the top 10, I'm not saying they should do it blindly and just do it without a game plan. There needs to be a prospect they absolutely want Mm -hmm. to move up to that spot. So it's going to be something that's going to have to be made in the moment when they're on the clock in that draft. It's not something you can say right now. Yeah, But as the 
as the draft unfolds, maybe a, a player or two slips further back that mm-hmm. maybe is top five talent, but they fall back to seven or eight or nine. That's when you maybe you can wheel and deal a little bit. That's my thought process here. But yeah. obviously, I don't think the press should just blindly trade away picks to get to the top 10 if it's not a player that they're completely 100% sold on and it's a player they really want. Yeah. Max Greenberg said Capitals are a bit short on draft picks in the next two years. Wouldn't surprise me if they're willing to trade down. There you go. See, yeah. it, I mean, that's, and it's that's one of those things. It's situation. it's so hard to say what so hard to say right now if that's going to happen or not. It's going to yeah. happen throughout the draft. All I'm saying is keep an eye on Barry Trotz and David Poyle because he is still the acting GM until July. Keep an eye on how they're going to be major players. They have a lot of chips to play with those 13 draft picks. Yeah, absolutely. Look at they. CJ. <laughs> Poor Cole Smith, man. <laughs> Cole, Cole Smith, Smith man. Be worth moving up two spots. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you could throw him in with a you could package him in somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I if they stick at 15th, though, there's still some good players. It's just I think that they can play ball here and yeah. maybe move up. Yeah, that would be awesome. It would be good to see them, even if it's tenth spot. I'd be okay with that, just to just to move up. But I doubt that. Like I think someone said earlier in the chat, St. Louis probably isn't going to want to play ball. Probably not. We'll have to wait and see how it works. But I can promise you right now that David Poyle is still the acting GM. He's working alongside Barry Trotz right now, mm-hmm. who's going to be the new GM officially in July. They're, they're thinking about this right now. I can oh, promise yeah. you that they're thinking about this because you, you're you hosting the draft. You are hosting the draft in Nashville. And I'm not saying that's the only reason why you should move to the top 10 and make some big splash in the draft is because you're hosting it. I'm just saying you got the draft capital. Maybe you even – off, maybe you even offer a player, an NHL starter. Not anyone too good, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe, maybe offer someone. I don't know. I'm saying there's options here, and you got to think about it because that's the whole reason you acquired this draft capital to begin with. Because I don't think you have to be a rocket science scientist to look back at, at draft history mm-hmm. for the Preds or really any NHL team. And to see that this is not a perfect science when you make draft picks. So no. you really think the Predators are going to use all 13 draft picks? No. No, they're not. No. They're not. No. They will definitely use them to move up. You Use them to move up and pick a player you really want, a franchise-changing type of player in the top 10. The hardest part is going to be finding a team that's willing to do that. And that's what some of our uh, – listeners are saying in the comments right now is you might have a hard time finding a team that's going to be willing to play ball with giving up a top 10 pick. And that might be true. I'm just saying the Preds need to do everything they can to make that happen if possible. For sure. So usually I haven't looked at the prospects yet for the draft, but I know Connor Bedard obviously is going to be playing next year. Usually it's like one, possibly two players go straight to the NHL. How many of the top ten do you oh, think? That, I, like I think I, I think there's three, several. Oh, there's several. Cool. 
So Adam Fantelli is the consensus number two pick mm-hmm. behind Connor Bedard. He is a dominant centerman from the University of Michigan. He has just completely dominated the NCAA level, nearly a two-point-per-game player as a freshman. As a freshman. Wow. Very. He is probably going to go number two overall to the Anaheim Ducks. Pretty good consolation prize for not winning Connor Bedard. Yeah. Uh, you got Leo Carlson, who is another really good – he could also go number two maybe if we get a curveball. I'm not taking him out of the running to go number two. But he is a two-way center with high odds to make a to make a fast impact on the NHL level level projected lock lock for a top five pick for sure. So Leo, he got two really good centermen yeah. who are locked in to go after Connor Bedard. Here is the very big curveball and X factor in how the draft is going to go immediately after Connor Bedard, and that's Matt Fee Mitchkov the dynamic scoring winger out of Russia. He has top overall pick talent in a non-Connor Bedard draft. Hmm. Here's what Mitchkov has going against him, and we all know this. Unfortunately, with the war in Ukraine and all this stuff that's going on in the world right now, it makes it very hesitant for NHL teams to draft someone like Mitchkov. If you take all of those outside circumstances out of the equation, Mitchkov's a top, top mm-hmm. overall pick type of caliber player. Yeah. He is incredible. Watch his tape on YouTube. He is the type of player who can come out to a team and immediately score 20 plus goals in his yeah. rookie year. Easily, easily. So Matthew Mitchkov, I'm really want to see how far he might fall. I don't think he's going to fall out of the top 10. He yeah. might fall out of the top five, though. So he is it's not fine. eligible to play in the NHL until 26-27. He is, his, he's got a KHL contract through 2026-27. So when you draft these Russian players, a lot of times they have these KHL contracts. We know all about that oh, yeah. with Kirisov Askarov and Fedor Shveshkov. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things when you draft it. But there's so much talent that comes out of – Russia and comes out of the KHL that you're willing to take that. Take that risk, yeah, for sure. So we'll have to see how far Mitchkov falls. I don't think he's going to fall far enough back to uh, get the Preds in play because when I say I want the Preds to trade into the top 10, I'm thinking like seven, eight, nine. I don't think they can get in the top five, most likely. So, and this is what Justin Gambino is just saying right here. If uh, regards to Matthew Mitchkov, yeah, if he falls, you draft him. I think it's worth the risk. Yeah. So there you have it. That's I agree with Justin completely. There, mm-hmm. he is the type of player where if somehow there are some teams that don't want to draft him for all these outside circumstances, is that some is that something the Preds would be willing? to make sure. a power move into the top 10 for and wheel and deal with the team that maybe doesn't want to take that risk. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to move back to the 15th pick and also acquire an extra draft pick in the process. That's something you have to think about here. Yep. Yeah. It's like Kimmel dropped. Everybody was surprised that Nashville got him. <clears throat> so maybe, maybe that'll happen with, with, um, the Russian player. You got another really good offensive weapon on the wing. Uh, Zachary Benson 
is another uh, mm-hmm. prospect that a lot of people should keep tabs on. He's another one that's going to go top 10, maybe top five. He's another prospect that when I'm talking about trading up into the top 10, that's a prospect you would want to trade up into the top 10 to get. I'm just yep. listing off players like that. If the Preds stick at number 15, you've got some realistic prospects here. You've got Ryan Leonard, a center on the U.S. development team. I don't think he falls to number 15. A lot of mock drafts have him going before number 15. Mm. But Ryan Leonard is a player, if he slips to number 15, you absolutely take him and you're happy and you're elated that you get him. You got Matthew Wood, a right wing out of the NCAA. Uh, He plays for the University of Connecticut. He is a very realistic option if you stay at number 15. Matthew Wood. And then I said earlier that I think that if the Predators stay at number 15, maybe they should just – uh, consider replenishing their defensive prospect pool. You've yep. got David Renbacher, defenseman out of Switzerland, one of the top defensive prospects in the draft. I think he's a very safe and conservative pick in this draft, and you need to start thinking about replenishing the defensive prospect pool. So keep that name in mind as well. David Renbacher, one of the top, probably I would say he's the number two defensive prospect oh. maybe out of all the draft classes I've looked at. It's a very wing center heavy draft class at the top. But if you stick at number 15 and David Rimbacher's around, yeah. take it. I'd be totally happy with it. Absolutely. Do it. We're going to do a full episode on the draft in the future, but we're just kind of giving you an appetizer here as we just come out of the draft lottery and we found out that the Preds are sitting at the number 15 pick. Uh, we've got Justin Gambino. He's bringing the heat tonight. He's bringing some he good is, stuff. Man. He's got some lots of good comments. He says, did you see Craig Button's mock draft? He had a solid winger for the Preds that is going to Boston. We'll play the same line with Will Smith and just broke Matthew's record, Gay Peralt. Hmm. All right. I've heard that name too. Yep. I have heard that name. It's a really good draft class. I mean, if you're at number 15, the Preds can still get a really great player. Yeah. But the difference between a great player and a generational type of player is the difference between staying at number 15 and maybe mm. picking in the top 10. That's my only yep. point there. I agree. Uh, Justin also says, are you going to the draft? Yes. I am 99% sure I will be at the draft, Justin. Sweet. I'm planning a five-day road trip from the Tampa area. It's about a 10-hour drive. Judging on how bad Atlanta is, it might take me 11 hours. Uh, Atlanta is the uh, X factor. Mm. Atlanta can take three hours to get past. Drive around but Atlanta. If you drive around Atlanta, you're adding two hours to your drive right off the rip. So you're kind of like damned if yeah. you do, damned if you don't. That's true. You can either drive. You can either drive through Atlanta, uh, through Alabama, and go all the way around and you add yourself two extra hours, or you can just deal with Atlanta. Yeah. But here's my plan. My master plan is I want to do a five-day road trip. I'm going to spend two nights in Savannah, Georgia. I've never been to Savannah. Okay. Which is criminal because it's such an amazing place, and I grew up in the South. How have I not been to Savannah right. yet? So I want to spend two nights in Savannah, Georgia to cut out <clears throat> a 10-hour drive and then yeah, make the final hard. drive to Nashville for three nights and then make spend my sixth day driving back home because I'll have to go back to work. Yep. So that's my plan. You can go to Macon, Macon, Georgia. Hey, there's a lot of good stops in Georgia. I'll figure it out, but I'm thinking Savannah. But either way, I'm going to be at the draft. I I will not miss that for anything. 
we stayed in Macon when we went to uh, Universal, went to the Almond Brothers Museum in Macon. It was cool. That sounds it's like it was awesome. Is it the museums in a house that they lived in? So they got all the cool stuff in there. It was fun. So but Savannah's probably nice too. I've never been to Savannah, so all right. So here's how we're gonna wrap up our NHL draft lottery recap here. What does Connor Bedard mean to the NHL and to the Blackhawks? A lot. <laughs> expert what, what expert uh, analysis. A lot. How big of a how big of a difference is Connor Bedard to the Blackhawks than it would have been if he went to the Blue Jackets or the Ducks? How about that? With how, which is, um, which is why everyone's saying this is rigged right now. By the yeah, way, yeah, with how Chicago ended their season and how awful they were, they lost Kane and uh, Jonathan Taves. It means a lot. They're 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 probably wishing he could play tomorrow. So um, they're excited. They have every right to be excited. I think it's cool. Oh, by the way, Nikki drops in. She says it takes much longer if you're on horseback like the Walking <laughs> Dead. That's right. Hey, The Walking Dead, I was I watched The Walking Dead from when it premiered on television. I oh, was dude. the biggest Walking Dead fanatic. I was too. On AMC when it first came out, I watched every episode. I watched it all the way up through I watched it through the Negan when Negan came into the to the fray. I I jumped off ship and I could <laughs> not watch it anymore after after think, Negan got captured and they did the whisper, what do they call the whispers or something? Uh, yeah, I don't mean. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. That's about when I dropped off too. Like all good shows, it, it ran its course and it got too hard to watch. But old school Walking Dead, I could still watch episode one like it's a new it's movie. For me. Like I, it's, yeah. it was such great TV. It was yeah. scary. My my one my I think my favorite season of Walking Dead was when they were in the prison for sure. When they're in the prison and they come yeah. up and they come down with that illness, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it was such yeah. good television. It was great. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was funny. Like you watched the first season and um, the way that the uh, zombies. Remember when Rick got was in the tank. Remember, like in the very first episode, he was stuck in the tank. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Oh, I'm getting so chills were, to think about it, man. So like the zombies, the zombies, like in later seasons, they just walk into things. They don't do. They're so dumb. Yeah. They're dumb. Well, in that episode, they were actually climbing up on the tank. One of them was trying to get the lid open. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's not how that works, people. It's not how that works. Yeah. But like the early seasons of Walking Dead were good. were they're actually good. horror. Like they were scary. Oh, yeah. And they were they were hard to watch. Like there would be episodes where I didn't know if I was going to be able to get through it because mm-hmm. it was so emotionally draining. Yep. There were like you remember the episode with Carol when when the with the two children and they have to kill the kids. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's for the faint of heart and it's for everybody, but that Carol was like peak. That was peak Walking Dead, though, because you were like, I'm getting chills to think about it. You were watching it thinking, wow, if this ever happened to me, you were in that situation. Yeah. And then, like all good TV series, it it eventually just went downhill and it got to where it was hard to watch. But thank you for the Walking Dead reference. Yes. By the way, did anyone ever watch Fear of the Walking Dead, the spinoff? I watched like five episodes and it was dumb. I didn't like it. I, I quit watching it. 
Yeah, the Grove. Oh, Nikki says that was the Grove. Yeah, that was the name of the episode. Yeah, that was um, that was probably the hardest episode to watch. Well, the one the where uh, with Carol's daughter. Remember, she turned got turned yeah. into a zombie. Yeah, that was rough too. That, that one, and then of course when when Glenn just gets a um, oh, gosh. a bat in his skull. I mean, his oh, eyeball. Out. I mean, literally, is I. So I remember reading. Um, a couple articles where apparently after that episode aired, they the Walking Dead and all that, like they got the 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 people who produced the episode and the writers got like a stern letter saying you guys got to tone it down a little bit here. It was rough. It was because very I rough. mean, you're talking about on cable television on AMC, a mm-hmm. guy's eyeball like pops yeah. out of his head, you know. But he said. It was worse in the graphic novel. I haven't read that that one, but I did see the pictures of of the in the comic book, and it it was bad, very very bad. Yeah, mm. not pretty. Mm. All right, good show. Let's hope that the segue. Let's hope that the Preds aren't the Walking Dead. Yes, in 2023, 24. Where's the drum solo in the background when you when you need it? Uh, you need the yeah. All right, let's hope the Preds aren't The Walking Dead. All right, so we're about to move on here. Giving you a little draft coverage here. Let's see what's going on here in... I think it's one nothing. one nothing stars. All right, here we go. Jamie Benn scored a goal. Yep. All right, so... Yeah, um... One of the players had like really ugly wow. face. Ottinger's only had to face five shots tonight. Yeah. In the first period. A yep. lot of hockey left though, people. Um, the Kraken are one of those teams where they're not an offensive juggernaut per se. But can I say something about the Kraken real quick before we move on? Yep. And I might I might be jinxing him here when I say this, but wow, <laughs> Philip Grubauer. He has impressed me. Yeah. He was kind of damaged goods coming out of Colorado mm-hmm. and coming to the Kraken. And the way he has played for them in these playoffs, I know he's given up a goal tonight, but he has been pretty yep. damn good mm-hmm. considering what he came from. Yep. Yeah, he has been good. And, and good for him. I'm glad, I'm glad that he's um, – Still playing well. I, I like him. So it's kind of getting a little bit of a resurrection here because I mean Grubauer's was one of the considered one of the top goalies in the league when he was with Carolina or when he was with Colorado for a little bit. But mm-hmm. he he kind of went through a rough patch and he had to go to Seattle and kind of remake himself. And now he's playing some really big minutes here. Let's see if he can yeah. finish strong and keep the Kraken in striking distance of this game. Uh, stars are up one nothing. First intermission here in Game Four with the Seattle Kraken leading the series two to one. That game's being played in Seattle right now. If you go back to Dallas, tie two two. I give uh, all the momentum back to Dallas here. So this is a series changing type of game here. This Game Four. Absolutely. Did you see uh, Miro Haskin and got hit in the face with a puck? He's got a big, it. big, nasty cut, like right by his nose. It's ugly. It's been uh, the last game, I believe. So, Whew. it's been a brutal series. The Stars, man, they've been 
coming out of that Minnesota series and how physical that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think the Kraken series has been quite as testy and nasty no, as that Minnesota so series, but um, it's still a really, I mean, it's, yeah. and then you get out of this series, you're going to get probably, you're going to either Edmonton or Vegas. It's just, there's nothing easy in the Stanley cup playoffs. Nothing easy. comes easy. Nothing easy for sure. We're about to, t- we're about to talk about, we got a couple more things in episode 184. Thank you for joining us here on yes. Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton and Rich Howe. As we just talked about the NHL draft lottery results, we talked about what's going on in the playoffs. Connor Bedard is likely going to be the next member of the of the Chicago Blackhawks in the NHL draft. They're going to take in number one overall. We're about to talk about some of the biggest draft steals in Nashville Predators history and talk about go back down memory lane and maybe look at what the Predators have done in past drafts and stuff like that to get you kind of set for the NHL 2023 draft, which is going to be in Nashville in just a few weeks, June 28th. It's crazy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Before we get to that, we're going to tell you about our next sponsor. That is Raycon. They've jumped back on board with us. We appreciate them. Raycon Wireless Earbuds and Speakers, a great company and outstanding product that doesn't break the bank. If you haven't heard of Raycon, we're telling you about them right now. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. So that's your duplicate. You got all these high price mm-hmm. brand name earbuds out there that break the bank. Raycon is here for you. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point. So you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. So, I mean, we all need some good earbuds out there. We all need it. We all want to spend less on it, though. Current inflation, recession worries, they're easily replaceable if lost. Gut warranty. You might be an audio newbie and not want to spend a ton on your first pair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some people have been doing the uh, wired earbuds for so long. Well, I got news for you. A lot of the new smartphones don't even have the port anymore. So you got to upgrade to the wireless earbuds, but you don't want to break the bank. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. That's why Raycon is here for you. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality, sound, and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. If you're like me, I'm always breaking stuff. I'm always losing stuff. Yeah, so I need that. I need that two years of product protection, trust me. And I'm sure a lot of us, a lot of you listeners out there need the same thing. So that's cool. They they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I feel like that's a pretty good number right there, 50,000. 
yep. five star reviews. My Absolutely. favorite, my favorite feature of many, but my favorite feature of the wireless earbuds are the tap functions. So you can just mm-hmm. as you're going hands-free if you're driving down the road you don't got to go grab your cell phone it's hands-free you got to push mute you got to hit skip whatever it is pause whatever you got the wireless tap functions so that's what you got so go to buyraycon.com slash thpn today to get 15 percent off your raycon order that's buyraycon.com slash thpn to score 15 percent off buyraycon.com slash THPN. You see it there on the screen there as well. Go take advantage of that offer while we got Raycon sponsored. Buy a pair. Buy two pair. There you go. Buy three pair. Buy as many as you want. Hey, yeah. we got Mother's Day. We got Mother's Day coming oh, up, everybody. That's good. Yeah. Buy, some, buy your So, moms how about and... you? I mean, I know our moms deserve almost Quality. everything we could give them in the world. And quality earbuds. Mothers are the true heroes of this world. Absolutely. And let's give them some earbuds, some nice wireless earbuds. All right, so let's move on here. Let's talk about our biggest draft steals in Preds history. Got a lot of good comments. I put this question out there on Twitter earlier today because I wanted to really get a good thought process behind everybody here on how they felt about it. And it's it's a really open-ended discussion here. You can go yeah. a lot of different directions here oh, when yeah. it comes to what do you think is a draft steal? Is a draft steal someone who's taken in the second round? Do you got to go back further in the draft to really say it's a big draft steal? That's kind of... So, Rich, how about you tell us uh, the, maybe the first player that jumps to your head, jumps to your mind. It's a big draft steal in Preds history. Well, I think the most recent is uh, Kimmel. Oh, nobody, nobody could believe that they picked him up at at seventeen. Jump away! The, you, you, you're jumping ahead here, though. I mean, do we? Oh, I'm not saying. I mean, no, everyone's saying it's a steal, so you're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong in, in, in picking kinda, him. I'm just saying, like, right to the. <laughs> are, are we jumping the gun a little bit? We got to kind of wait. I could could have been, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's the one that comes to mind. That and a certain goaltender, but I'm sure is on the list as well. So, all right. Good pick. So that's a good one. That, that is, is a good, good one. one. We got to wait and see how it pans out, though. We just don't know what's going to happen with Kimmel yet. Right. But it's not a bad pick necessarily. Yep. All right. So here's my first one. My first one is Patrick Hornfist from from 2005. Seventh round pick, 230th overall pick in the draft. I think Patrick Hornfist went on to have himself a dandy of an NHL career to be a seventh round pick. 216 career points with the Preds in six seasons. You get six seasons and 200-plus career points out of a seventh-round pick, mm-hmm. you will take that all day and twice on Sunday. Absolutely. 23 game-winning goals, 35 power play goals, a plus 35, plus minus during his time with the Preds. He was a key piece to the team when they were trying to be a playoff contender and trying to win playoff series. 
Patrick mm-hmm. Hornfist was the type of guy. I know it was before your time, Rich, of watching the Preds, but I if you go back is. and watch highlights, Hornfist would he was the prototypical crowd the goaltender, screen yeah. the goaltender, score those dirty, ugly, greasy, greasy. rebound style goals. That was Patrick Hornfist. To get mm-hmm. him in the seventh round in 2005, leading up to 2005, and Rich, I know you got the, their draft picks pulled up on your screen probably right now. Go back before 2005, Rich. And outside yep. of David Legwand and one other guy I might mention here later, a lot of a lot of misses. The Preds didn't really have a lot of luck drafting in those early years of being an expansion team. They didn't. No. Patrick Hornfist was a major home run early in their draft drafting. Yeah. So he's going to kick off my list. Patrick Hornfist. <clears throat> That's a good one. That's definitely a good one. All right. It's kind of flipping through. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, so we got some other people hopping in here. Johnny Hockey was drafted 104th. In 2011, by the Flames, no. and then she has the frowny face. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lindsay. I know that's hard. That is hard. That was a really hard offseason altogether for the Flames. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, it was. you got Matthew to Chuck, mm-hmm. and then you got Johnny Gaudreau, and Johnny Gaudreau was such a fan favorite. Yep. Yeah, yeah for sure. But, but yeah, 104th overall, 2011. Mm-hmm. And, and to be the player he is now, that's a major draft steal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. Lindsay also says, it's early, but Dustin Wolf is going to be a steal once he plays more than one game in the NHL draft to 214th. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Crazy. Right. Here's my next one. We're going f- four years later. And this is going to break the heart of some Preds fans that are watching right now because this is this is uh, still a little bit raw. The wound is still very, very raw. Ah. It hasn't healed. It has not healed over yet. Do you know where I'm going with this? I do. I absolutely Ugh. do. Ugh. How about our boy Matthias Eckholm? Yeah, drafted all the way, all the way back in 2009. 102nd overall pick, fourth round. Uh, 2009, it was that long ago. Like, seriously? Mm-hmm. Became one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. I will die on that hill. Yeah. He was. In his heyday, mm-hmm. yeah, people for sure. did not talk enough about Matias Ekholm around the league and what he no. did, what he accomplished, what he did. They're talking about him now, though. That's for sure. To get a fourth-round pick. Top mm-hmm. four defensemen for the Preds for many years. 719 career games for the Preds. So, you if you can get seven over 700 games out of a fourth-round pick, you're doing something right. Yeah. You'll take that all day. Just like I said about Hornfist before, mm-hmm. same goes for Eckholm with this pick. You get over 700 games from a fourth-round pick, 268 points, locker room leader, captain-like material, averaged nearly 22 minutes of ice time in his Preds career. You get that out of a fourth-round pick. Huge steal. They also picked up uh, Craig Smith. 
in the fourth round. Fan favorite. You got to go with that as a steal as well. Actually, that might be worth being in the top five, Mm -hmm. honestly. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, you know, you might, you know, my love for Smitty. Yeah. Everybody likes him. I still will never forgive the Preds front office and David Poyle for almost, (laughs) I'm almost, I'm actually more angry at at David Poyle for letting go of Craig Smith than I am for Tolvanen. I know Mm -hmm. I'm in the minority there, but Craig Smith could have easily been been re-signed that offseason. For yeah. the for the amount of money he signed with Boston that year, mm-hmm. yeah, he could have kept much. him. And he would have made a huge difference that next year. Yep, yep. I miss him. Uh, all right, here's 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 one that's pretty. It's low hanging fruit, but it's pretty easy. Roman Yossi, second round, thirty eighth pick in two thousand eight. I think that's panned out. That's panned out. I think for that them. worked out. Yeah, you get one of the best defensemen in the league, and you wait till the second round to Mm -hmm. get him. Two thousand eight. Yeah, that's. I mean, you end up getting a team captain out of your second round pick. It took a while. He was a gradual Mm -hmm. riser. He didn't just burst onto the NHL scene all at once. It took some time. You know, drafted all the way back in two thousand eight, but once he started to hit his stride, and he's still very much in that peak now. There, there you have it. So you got to throw that in there. Um, and then let's go with our two goalies here. I mean, obviously, UC Soros, fourth-round pick, 99th pick in 2013. Mm-hmm. And then Pecorine, <laughs> we all know the story. We all know the story. Eighth-round pick doesn't even exist anymore. Drafted drafted on the uh, – just by looking at him in warm-ups. Didn't even play. Didn't even play the game. 258th overall pick. 258 in 2004. And he gets a statue. How many 258th overall picks get statues? Bronze statue right in front of Bridgestone Arena. By the way, that statue is amazing, by the way. It is. It's cool. I cannot wait to see that when I go to the draft. It's very cool. Still have not seen it in person. Some honorable mention steals. I got some honorable mentions. They wouldn't crack my top five, but they're still good ones. Colton Sissons mm-hmm. was taken in the second round, 50th overall pick in 2012. I think that's worth an honorable mention because you got yourself a bona fide bottom six depth yep. center for years to come in the second round. Again, you will take that all day if you're drafting. If you're drafting as a general manager in the Hockey League, National Hockey League, and you can get a player like Colton Sissons in the second round that's going to give you that longevity, that longevity, career, 54% face-off win percentage in his career, Colton Sissons. That is something we forget about. On a a not-very-large contract, and no. you get a lot out of him. Oh yeah, that's that's a good one for sure. And then I'm gonna throw Yuso Parson in there. I think mm-hmm. he could actually crack the top five of this list when it's all said and done, only because he is also a seventh round pick in 2019. There's still a lot that needs to be written about Yuso Parson, obviously, but it's looking really good right now as a seventh round pick. And what he did this past season, 
in when quick can, order. When you can score a between the legs goal and just shrug it off, awesome. As a seventh round pick, pretty amazing. And then pick. we can't leave out Shea Weber, second round pick, yeah. 49th pick in 2003. He was probably outside of David Legwand, I would say mm-hmm. that Shea Weber is probably the next biggest pick in chronological order that the Preds made as yeah. far as franchise changing. David Legwand was the first ever draft pick yes. in Preds history. Shea Weber came a few years after, but he ended up becoming a franchise changing player, of course. A 49th pick in 2003 in the second helped, round. Helped mold Roman Yossi into the player that and he also, is. also on that same note, we shared a – I got to share a poll here. Hold on. I asked a lot of our followers, who is the best first-round draft pick in, in Nashville Predators history? So I'm going to share it here on the screen. Poll results here. So over 200 votes. Coming in barely ahead of David Legwan. We got Ryan Ellis oh, wow. as the pick, as the best first-round draft pick in Nashville Predators history at thirty, almost 40% of the vote. David Legwan picked in 1998 expansion year, gets a little over 37%. Scott Hartnell was a very strong player in his time, got picked in 2000, got mm-hmm. 14.5%. Other is 8.4%. I'm going to read some of the comments I got below here. But one thing I got to say, Rich, and it, it pains me to say this, but the Predators ha- do not have a great history. And you've got those draft picks on your screen probably there. Yep. They do not have a great track record of hitting on their first-round picks. No. They've had way more They've had way more, way more good fortune in the mid-rounds mm-hmm. and late rounds than they have with their first-round picks. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gotten better, but still not uh, not great for sure. Some yeah. of the comments I got here for other, so I, <clears throat> I knew there would be other. I know there'd be other. So Ray Perkin, if you're going off of longevity, something you definitely hope for from a draft pick, then Legwand is the guy. Uh, Glenn on Twitter says Ryan Suter. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> you gotta you gotta bring up Ryan Suter. Uh, Ryan Suter, Kevin Fiala. Uh, Kevin Fiala is another one you could have included in the poll. Kevin Fiala and David Legwand. Smashville's finest, says Alexander uh, Radulov. Mm. Here's why Here's why I can't vote for Alexander Radulov. You didn't hold on to him long term. No. He no, was, did not. He, if he would have stood, if he would have stuck with the Predators for a long time, he'd easily be probably the winning choice on this on this list. But yeah. he, his time with the Predators was so short and so ugly. Yeah. Very ugly. I cannot, I cannot go with Alexander Radulov. No. Eric says one of their best draft picks was 20 years ago at the 2003 NHL draft. 49th overall pick defenseman Shea Weber. Okay, I said first-round picks, Eric, but that was a good pick. Yeah. Nashville Preds fan says Suter. Um, so there you have it. A lot of Ryan Suter here. 86 to 97 to 13 on Twitter. What a what a draft hand, or what a uh, Twitter handle there. 
Um, he long. says, he or she says, are we just going to pretend Suter never happened? Uh, <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> Forget it. And Red Racer responses and says, yes, we are. Yes, we, we are going to just forget that Ryan Suter ever happened. Yep. But sure. interesting poll there. Ryan Ellis, uh, hope that guy's okay. I hate the way his career is. I know. Ended. It's, yeah. Like I read something a few weeks ago that he's still hurt and he might not be able to play ever again. That just sucks. Between, between Ryan Ellis and Shea Weber, I mean, mm hmm. Yeah. Just two really bad endings for I feel like Ryan Ellis had a few more years in him, though. Shea Weber is just like broken. <laughs> the poor guy. For broken. sure. But interesting poll there. If I had to vote on that poll, I would say Ryan Ellis. Slightly yeah. over slightly over David Legwan. But yeah. it's tough either way. There, there have been some more talented first-round picks over the years, like for Kevin sure. Fiala, for instance, but they did not stick around with the team long enough for me to say that they were the best first-round draft picks. you got to stick with the franchise for a long time. So I think it comes down between Ryan Ellis and David Leguan for sure. And at yep. that point, I would slightly lean towards Ryan Ellis. CJ Apparently, we got – Nope, coming back? Does that mean – what's that mean? Is that Ryan Ellis? I think he's talking about Ryan Ellis, yeah. I don't oh, know. Well, I hope he does. And we've got uh we've got the Dallas Stars now three nothing. Yeah, we've uh, apparently um jinxed Grubauer. <laughs> uh yeah, the good the good old catfish and ice jinx. You can't Seattle can't ever deny that. Seattle's challenging for goaltender interference. I mean, they might have a case. All right, so here's how we're going to round out episode 184. We got to talk about CJ's favorite hockey team, the Milwaukee Admirals. Admirals. Who are advancing in the Calder Cup playoffs. First of, all, I, first of all, I really, really love how the Admirals wear the Preds logo patch on their shoulders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. They're going to play the Texas Stars in the next round. Yeah. And it's really freaking cool to see some of these same players who are playing crucial minutes for the Predators are now playing crucial minutes for the Milwaukee yeah. Admirals. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see the Admirals struggled. I was kind of thinking they would just go in and dominate, but – um, and that is a that's a very fair that's a very fair assessment, and that's that's kind of the overall thought process on it yeah. right now is um, is definitely they yeah, should have sure. probably they probably should have handled the Manitoba Manitoba Moose a little bit better. I thought it was kind of uh, a coincidence and kind of funny that the the predator or the admirals are playing the. AHL affiliate of the team that finished ahead of them to make the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> I mean, how that's kind of like scripted perfectly, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. But we're gonna we're gonna share here for our live viewers, courtesy of the Milwaukee Admirals, um, courtesy of the Milwaukee Admirals Twitter account. 
We're going to share the game winner, which was scored by Spencer Statsny. You got it on the screen there. We're going to play it for everybody. And it was a beauty. Let's watch, let's watch this chaos that ensues here with the Manitoba Moose colliding with each other. All right. It is loading. Oh, we're getting the wheel of doom here. Buffering. Oh, you hate the buffering. Uh, yeah. Mm. Well, while we wait on the wheel of doom. Didn't um, Spencer Stastny gets the game winning goal. Zach Sanford. Zach Sanford, who also played a couple big games for the Preds. I mean, he, he didn't really pan out like we wanted him to. All right, we're going to push pause on that because it's it, we got the dreaded Wheel of Doom. But um, it was a pretty amazing goal. Oh, it was a good – it was very good. And it, it was really cool to see the crowd so into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very exciting. Um, yeah, it was a pretty goal. He put it right on the tape. Uh, I think they scored with like 56 seconds left in the game or something like that. Oh, less than 30 seconds. I was it? Oh, so it was twenty six. I thought I saw fifty six. So yeah, can't ask for and anything to, better than that, man. That's they had awesome. to win the. They had to win the last two games of the series because it's best of five. They had to win the last two games of the series to actually advance. And like you said, um, a lot of people did expect them to to um, possibly handle the Manitoba Moose a little bit easier. Yep, but it's okay. Um, now they get the Texas Stars, a much more talented uh, and tougher test. And the way the Calder Cup playoffs work, it's interesting. Uh, you get to choose as the as the home team or the host team. You get to choose whether you want to play the first two games, the first oh. three games at home, or you want to play the first two games on the road. Oh, I didn't know that. So uh, Aaron Aaron Sims, who's the radio announcer for the Admirals said that a lot of times the teams will choose to go on the road for the first two games of the series so that, that they can bank they can bank on stealing one of the first two games on the road and then they get the last three games at home. Yeah. That's basically that the whole thought process when it comes to when it comes to yeah. the it's a good the idea. HL, the, the HL playoff format it's like kind of like confusing have you seen the bracket Ooh. how it works like it I is haven't. yeah i haven't it'll make your head spin man wow all right i'm trying i'm trying to find a better video of this because i really want to share this and i think it'd be a fun way to end episode 184 and we love our at milwaukee admirals and we want to show some love to them to close out and it was such a beautiful goal and first of all i want to talk about spencer statsney too oh yeah he, you got to think that he is going to have a really good chance to to, yeah, to make so. the uh, alright we're going to see it's it's working now so we're going to find out here if I can make this video work to close out episode of, 184 I'm sure a lot, a lot of, of people have already seen it a lot I of the still, guys will have a good chance of making the team <laughs> it seems like alright here we go there it goes. I'm sure it'll cut him off about the near circle. 34 seconds to play. Boop. Boop. Oh, Stewart. Whoops. 
Kind of average two on one. Sanford, right circle. Backhand, score! Wow. Spencer Stasny! Spencer Stasny scores with 26.8 to go. Look at that crowd, man. Yeah, heck yeah. Two Moose players collided at center. And Spencer Stasny Going in his hometown. Hustling after Tomasino, but still yeah. will cut him off. But these two guys colliding, man. Yeah. And didn't they, didn't they score their own goal? Sanford, right circle. Backhand, score! Didn't, What's that? Didn't, didn't Manitoba score, like, on their own goal uh, during a – like, they had pulled the goaltender for a power play, like a, de- a delayed penalty, and then scored, like – hit in their own goal i think they did i mean maybe it sounds like something could happen definitely yeah. Lindsay says west final ads versus wranglers ascii versus wolf please oh, okay there you go that would be fun yeah good stuff nikki says good goal no, what is this man what's what's man man i think he was i don't know i think it was uh we don't know what he's in real think i think it was seattle um Challenging the goal, the goal that that uh, Dallas eventually was awarded. So then there was a fight Jordan just Gro- now. Jordan There's- Gross ends up leading all scores in that first series with seven points in five games. Five players on the Admirals end up with multiple goals in the series. Jordan Gross, Kiefer Sherwood, Luke Evangelista, Zach Sanford, and Rushkoff, which I don't know a lot about him, no. but still cool. All right, so cool stuff from the Milwaukee Admirals to close out episode 184 of Catfish on Ice. We appreciate all of you hopping in. We had a lot of good comments on YouTube and on Twitter. We love y'all. Oh, now he wants to jump in. Now CJ wants to jump in. Oh, Admirals. (laughs) There he is. Massively late. I hope you didn't miss the game one, the beautiful game one and goal. No, CJ, sure you're going to have to rewind. You're going to have to rewind in the stream here. We just shared the beauty of it after getting past the wheel of doom and the buffering. Yeah. Finally shared. But yeah. we're going to let you go here, everybody. We appreciate it. This has been a fun episode, episode 184 of Catfish and Ice. Please hit subscribe on YouTube yes. if you haven't already. And also hit us on a follow on at Catfish Ice. We will follow you back. We'll always follow back. It looks like the Dallas Stars have jumped ahead for nothing. So yep. they're cruising to tie this series at two to two. So I feel pretty good about it now, considering the fact that I expected the Stars to give us a way better showing in the series than they have. They're going to tie the series up. So good on them. We'll see how that ends up finishing out. We've got some good hockey coming up here. We will see you next week for a new episode of Catfish and I. Yep. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Thank you to our sponsors, DraftKings and Raycon, with our promo codes. THB and Rich, have a good night, man. You too, man. Have a good night, everybody. We will see you next week. Take care. Have a good one.